Hello and welcome to this episode of the Things That Matter Most podcast, where we dissect practical and spiritual and cultural issues using Jesus's message as our starting point. And my goal is that you find yourself encouraged and challenged and equipped to live more like Christ every day. My name is Pastor Isaac, and I have the privilege of hosting this podcast, and I'm really looking forward to the series we're going to be in for the next several weeks. Uh, this is an introductory message about what are we going to be talking about and why are we going to be talking about it and why is this something uh, that is so significant in my own heart to share with you. Uh, you know, we face a lot of questions about our faith. A lot of people have a, a lot of things they can throw at believers in Jesus, and we need to be equipped to not only answer the question, but also answer the questioner. And so I hope that as you listen to this message and over the messages for the next several weeks, that this would be helpful to you, that you would feel challenged, that you would feel encouraged, but more that you would feel equipped to live more like Christ. Well, again, I do want to say thank you for making the decision to listen to this podcast, to try to be equipped to handle all of the various things in life that we face. You know, every single one of us goes through different seasons of life where we have different struggles or we have different challenges or we have different questions. A young parent doesn't ask the same question as an older grandparent and a student doesn't ask the same question, you know, as uh, somebody else might. And there are, however, some times in which I think there are consistent questions that we really ask in life because they are questions that are, um, I guess to use like a big fancy word, would be existential. Questions that are at the core of what does it mean to be who I am? And even though these questions can look different as you age or they can look different throughout time, we really ask like the same core question. And so my goal is that in this series that we're doing called Bible Basics, that um, we would have some, not all, but some extra resources to be able to handle the number of questions that people ask us about our faith and about why do we believe what we believe. You know, uh, scripture says to be prepared to give an answer when somebody asks you a question. And realistically, it's like, uh, okay, well, there's a lot of questions out there. How in the world am I supposed to do that? I found myself thinking that more than one time and several times have been like, I don't know, I got to get you an answer. And that's okay too. However, it is, um, it's good when we know like we have a faith that we can rely upon. And so I believe that God has given us all of the resources that we need to truly rely on him and to trust him. I don't believe that our faith is blind. I think that um, we have a very reasonable faith and a God that wants us to explore why do we believe what we do about the Bible and why do we believe what we do about God himself. And so I want to um, spend a little bit of time right now kind of teasing what the rest of this series is going to look like. And so I want to start that by telling you this story. I can distinctly remember driving to church one day, and I was going there to teach a lesson or a message of some sort, and I, I can't recall all the details. But I was maybe a half hour away. I had only started my drive about... Um, maybe three or four minutes before that, and I was thinking about my message, and this question popped into my head. I thought to myself, why should anybody do the things I'm going to ask them to do? Better yet, what in the world was I going to be asking people to do with this Bible lesson or this sermon or whatever you want to call it that I had prepared for them? 
and at first it kind of felt like a bit of a silly question. I was like, well, I don't even know why this has popped in my head. But very quickly I realized, holy cow, I have no idea why anybody should listen to the advice or to the things that um, I wanted to share. And it wasn't because I didn't believe the Bible had practical answers to, you know, practical questions or problems. But I, I legitimately just like had like a frozen moment where I was like, I'm unsure of my own faith. Not that I don't think it's true, but I'm like, I don't know, like what I'm about to say or what I'm about to do. Like, okay, well, should they um, listen to God and follow God because they'll get rewarded? Well, no, not really. What about peace? Well, God doesn't always give peace. Well, I know he gives joy. Yeah, but sometimes it doesn't feel like there's joy. And I can just remember going around and around in my head thinking to myself, what in the world am I telling people they should follow God for? Like, I can tell them why. And I think really what I defaulted to was this idea that, well, God is God and God deserves glory and God deserves to be worshiped. And who are you to say that he doesn't? Which contains this like partial truth. The truth in that is obviously, of course, God is God. Of course, he deserves to be worshiped. Of course, he um, is the ruler of everything, created everything. And he doesn't have to justify himself to us at all or convince us to worship him. All that is true. But what that misses, I think, is really the heart of God, that there's this, you know, there's this way of looking at God, which is like, you know what, sometimes you just have to trust God and move on. And I do think that that advice is appropriate sometimes. But I think that most of the time, most of the time, God is looking for us to connect to his heart. He's looking for us to connect to who he is and to the love that he has for us. And so when we ask a question about, should I follow the Lord or shouldn't I, or what about the Bible? How do I know that it's true? Or what about, you know, um, oh my goodness sake, what about the end of the world when everything comes to a close? When we think about those things, sometimes it's easy to miss the heart of God. And really what I'm looking forward to in this series is kind of going, okay, what what really is God's heart in this? What really is God's heart in this? And I'm hoping that throughout this series, we'll be able to say this, that it's okay to have questions and even doubt, but it is not okay to stay there. It's okay to be where we are, but it's not okay to stay there. And sometimes God um, helps to equip us over time by allowing us to have small answers here and small answers there. And other times we get you know, um, front loaded with all sorts of information. Other times we feel stagnant. And in those times in which we are just kind of stuck where we don't really know, I think that it's okay. It's okay to have questions. It's even okay to doubt. Um, but I really believe if we want to be followers of Jesus, we're not allowed to just stay in a perpetual state of spiritual confusion or of spiritual doubt. And so, um, some of my goals in this upcoming series of this, the first one is I want to do this series so that we can have confidence in our faith. And I want to do this series so that we can help people know Jesus better. And I want to do this series so that we can grow to trust and to love the Lord. I want every single one of us, uh, myself, you included, to at the end of this series and throughout this entire series to go, wow, you know, I really do love the Lord in a better way. I love the Lord in a way that I didn't know I could before, just because it's amazing how he left us his word, or wow, I didn't know the spirit of God did these sorts of things in this world today or in my heart. And so let's jump into talking about 
some of the various topics that we'll be covering throughout this series called Bible Basics. So as I have over time just been barraged with all sorts of different questions, that's kind of how this series was born. So this is what I want to do. I want to ask some questions and then kind of give like a spiritual um, answer, just a bit of a teaser answer. But these are questions that we're going to be playing out more thoroughly as time moves forward. And they're going to be questions that we answer throughout this Bible series. And so one of the first sorts of questions I hear is, is it goes something like this. Well, the Bible is fake and made up, or the Bible is just fiction. If you haven't heard that thrown around and you've been around the church, or quite frankly, you're not asking that question, um, or you haven't struggled with that, uh, listen, the bottom line is like this is thrown around all the time. How in the world do you know that the Bible's reliable? And then I think if even you go beyond that, how do you even know what the Bible is? And if you go beyond that, how do you know how to use the Bible? Like, how do you know how to navigate it? How do you know um, how to do any of that? Well, I think that uh, the scripture gives us a really, really cool response in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. The Apostle Paul says this, that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip people to do every good work. I don't think that you can just turn to this and be like, hey, look, it. see, all scripture is inspired by God, and that's the end of the case. Um, I don't think that that's super helpful to answering the unbeliever's question, but it can be helpful to us, and it's the beginning of an understanding of the scriptures. It can be helpful for us to go, you know, um, wow, this word that I have is actually the very voice of God. I believe that we can have confidence in understanding what the Bible is and know that it is reliable. Another question that might get thrown at us goes something like this. Well, how do you know that your God is the only God, right? There's lots of religion. There's lots of gods. How can you even possibly know that God is real? And I really think that the question that this is asking is, um, who is God? What is God? Is Allah God? After all, it means the same thing. Or is um, Buddha or is Krishna or is Ra? You know, who is God? Um, anyways, what is this? And I here's my answer to that. I think that God has been pretty clear. I think we can know that God is real and we can know him because he made himself known to us. So Philippians 3 verse 10 has this really, really wonderful statement. Uh, this is what, again, this is the Apostle Paul. This is what he says in Philippians 3 verse 10. He said, I want to know Christ and experience the power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I think that this is powerful uh, because, you know, we know, uh, as Scripture says, that there is a God because of creation, because the the world, um, human beings and animal life and plant life and our our um, the earth itself and our solar system and galaxy and the universe just declares the, the nature of who God is, the powerful majesty of God. But also, if God didn't want us to know him, we wouldn't know him. That requires what we call special revelation, a unique way that God has revealed himself to us. And the Apostle Paul said, I want more of that. I want more of that. And I really believe that God has made himself known, and we can know who God is. 
Another question that comes our way is this. Um, you don't even know Jesus existed. Or if he did exist, then Jesus is mostly made up. You know, Jesus is mostly a myth. We can't actually know him. Well, I would challenge with this. I would say that we can trust Jesus to be who he said he was because he pulled off his own resurrection. That is an extraordinary thing to me. When I struggle, when I think about things, when I have doubts, I have questions, I think about 2,000 years ago, there was a man that said he was going to be killed and then he would come back from the dead. And then he came back from the dead after the Romans killed him. And hundreds of people saw him alive. And that man changed history in a more dramatic way than any other event. It really seems in human history, any other person at least in human history. And who in the world is Jesus? Was he made up? I don't think that he was. I think the scripture says something really cool in John chapter 1 verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. Um, and we know because of the context of the rest of John and scripture that the word is another name for Jesus. The word is another name for the son of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And then this is what it says. And this is amazing. It says, and God was the word. In the Greek language, this is particularly interesting because theos, God, comes before the rest of the sentence. God was the logos. God was the word. And so we know that this man that lived in history, according to the eyewitnesses, when they saw him, they said, that man is God. And that is such a wonderful, wonderful truth for us to hold on to. And it'll be good when we know how to respond to people who are asking us questions about Jesus. This historical figure, one of the most verifiably real figures in human history, who also pulled off his own resurrection. You know, we end up with questions too. They're not necessarily sent at us from other people, but sometimes we ask this question. One of them that I often wonder is like, what about the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Like, I know kind of like God, right? God the Father or God. Um, he's, you know, at least this kind of like father type figure, this this um, this uh, galactic like entity that's bigger than everything and outside of space time. We can kind of in some way rationalize who God is. And well, Jesus was a man, right? He was here on the earth so we could kind of see him. But the Holy Spirit who is the Holy Spirit or what is the Holy Spirit? Um, this can be a little bit tricky. And, you know, I don't think, again, that we get a ton of criticism except from other religions. But from the unbelievers, you know, this isn't something they're real acquainted with to go, well, what is all of this stuff? I do think it's interesting that the King James translation said Holy Ghost. And by saying Holy Ghost, it introduced a lot of confusion. But really the most appropriate way is to really talk about the Holy Spirit. But I believe that the Spirit of God gifts and empowers and equips the believer for life and godliness. The Spirit of God seals the believer into salvation, is the proof of payment, if you will, the proof of payment that Jesus had paid. The Spirit of God gives us that. And there's all sorts of really cool scriptures, particularly in John 16, verse 13 to 14. Jesus refers to the Spirit which, you know, spirit is just a thing, pneuma, in, in the, you know, it was just a, a, a thing. Spirit was not masculine or feminine, it was not personal. But instead, Jesus said, he, he will come. And it's really wonderful to know, wow, we actually have God, um, the person of the Godhead of the Holy Spirit, 
is actually here to help us too. So it'll be a fun dialogue as we dig more into what Scripture says about the Spirit. And maybe one of the hottest topic things that we come into is when we are asked about sin. And maybe I could say it this way, who are you to tell me what's right and wrong? And this is a really big one. And this is a this is a tough one because we live in a society that does not want to talk about sin. We don't want to call things wrong. We want to affirm everything. We don't want to offend. We want to sidestep, sidestep around offense. Um, you know, but what God says is that's just not the case. There is sin. There is such a thing as sin. And there's such a way of communicating about sin in an appropriate way. It's always going to be offensive when you tell somebody they're doing something fundamentally wrong against the almighty God of the universe, right? It's hard to sidestep the offense there. However, um, it's important that we understand what is sin. And this might be one of the um, most significant helps to me in understanding this question of what is sin. Millard Erickson is a theologian and a Bible professor, and he puts it this way. He says, we are not simply sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. And in many ways that I don't like hearing that because what he's saying is that you're a sinner. You're separated from God. You're different than God because God is sinless and you are sinful. But at the same time, we tend to think, oh, man, I'm a sinner. I'm a bad person because I did these different things. I've done, I've committed these sins, and now I'm dark. I've committed these sins, and now I'm burdened. I've committed these sins, and now I'm a sinner. And what he would say and what Scripture would say is that, no, yeah, you commit a sin, so you're willingly a sinner. But you're a sinner separated from God, which is why we needed the message of Jesus. And so we're going to spend some time really digging through what does scripture call sin and how do we handle that in our life? And maybe one of the bigger questions that we ever get asked is this one about how is it that you know that you know the right way to heaven? How do you know that you're saved? Because every religion says there's a different way to heaven. It's pretty arrogant to say that you know best. So we're going to spend some time really talking about salvation, but this is what this is what I really believe is that we can know for sure how to have a relationship with God and we can truly be forgiven from sin. And not just forgiven from the sin that we've committed, but our disposition as sinners can be changed and can be transformed. That Jesus took the penalty of sin when he died. And now when God looks at us, he doesn't see us as sinners. He sees Jesus Christ. Then he looks through his son and he sees us. And Jesus is standing there going, that one's mine. We really do believe that there is an exclusive message of salvation. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father but through me. And again, he predicted and pulled off his own resurrection, his death and his own resurrection. And anytime somebody comes back from the dead, I'm pretty inclined to believe what they have to say. But Jesus's message is clear is that we really can know that we have salvation. The doubts that we have or the doubts that other people have, we can talk to them about. Here's why I believe that Jesus Christ truly is the one way of salvation. 
Then there's all the questions after salvation, like, how is it that you're supposed to live for God? Um, some things we hear might, might be like, you can't tell me how to live. I get close to God in my own way. I don't need anyone else to do that. I don't need the church. I don't need other people. I don't need people telling me what to do. Um, I don't even need to read my Bible. I can do what I want to do. Well, you know, not really, because God actually kind of laid out a path for us to become more like him. It does look different for everybody, but also kind of looks the same for everybody. God defined and explained what it looks like to grow closer to him. You know, and we see all sorts of passages in scripture of people that were chasing after Christ and they were doing it pretty much in the same way. Um, you know, they were leaning into their relationship with the Lord. They were turning away from sin. They were, um, as the authors of scripture would say, running the race with patience and with endurance. They were pursuing their faith like a like a top-tier athlete, relentlessly running after the Lord, relentlessly getting rid of sin in their life, doing all things possible to have the biggest impact um, for the Lord and to draw as close to the Lord as possible until the day that they're actually with them. But a lot of people might say, well, you might think you get saved this way. I think I get saved this way. And, you know, we can just disagree, etc. But, you know, the reality is like there is in a sense a similar way that we all get close to God. But but the bigger question that's hidden in there is what does it mean to actually grow in our relationship with Jesus? And this is maybe one of the most interesting topics that I want to talk about in Bible Basics, but it's really answering questions about how in the world is this all going to end. Um, I've heard a lot of things like, you don't even know heaven and hell are real, or only God can judge me, or, you know, um, you know, the different religions say the world will end in all sorts of different ways. And even like according to atheistic, you know, new atheism or atheistic um uh, science, the sun eventually is going to consume all of its fuel and have a supernova and blow apart the earth. And that's really how everything is going to end. You know, uh, as long as we can't relocate elsewhere in the universe. Well, I have some news for you. That is not the teaching of scripture at all. Uh, the teaching of scripture is that Jesus is coming back for his followers and he has left plenty of evidence for that. And his teachings are sure enough that we can tell people Jesus is coming back. There is an eternity for every single person after their life on this earth is over. And that eternity will either be separated from God or will be with God forever. Um, the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 18 said this, talking about the Lord coming and calling the church to him, calling his followers to him and meeting him in the air. He said, so encourage each other with these words. I really believe that the end of all things is the great hope and encouragement for the church of Christ. And when somebody asks us questions about this, our basic understanding should be, I don't even necessarily know all the details, though maybe you do if you end up being a theologian, but I don't know all of the details and how it's all going to play out. But what I can tell you is in the end, my Jesus wins and I am with him forever and forever. And you really can have confidence and joy and anticipating that happening someday. So all in all, with all of these questions, with all of these topics that are kind of going to be coming our way over the next several weeks, I'm excited for this reason. I believe that God wants us to know him. I believe that God doesn't want to be a mystery. I believe he has revealed himself in his word. I believe that he came 
to this earth as a human being in space and in time about 2,000 years ago and revealed himself as us. Um, Jesus came and said, I am God. Listen to me. I am the exact image of the Father. And when I leave to prepare a place for you, the helper, the spirit of God, my spirit is going to come into this world and empower you and help you understand your salvation, help you understand how to live for the Lord and how to look ahead to eternity and to the very best things that are to come. I believe that God wants us to be excited about this. He wants us to know this. He wants us to be equipped and he wants us to be prepared. And so I'm really hoping that you'll tune in for the future episodes of this podcast. And even maybe right now, as we've gone through these different questions that as you listen um, to them, that you go, wow, you know what? Yeah. Like I do face questions like that. Um, And that you already feel a little bit more equipped to push into Jesus, to chase after Jesus. You know, here's the thing. We all go through different circumstances at different points and times in our lives, and we ask different questions in different ways at different points. But at the end of the day, God is the one who really provides the answers that we need. And his word, when we open it up, is a comfort to us. It's a joy to us. It's helpful to us. It directs us to the people that may need to help us or that might have the expertise or the skills to help us. But the word of God is life and it brings us life. And um, I'm just encouraged that we have the opportunity to go through this series together. And so, um, again, I really hope that you feel equipped, that you feel ready to continue through with the rest of what we're going to be talking about over the upcoming weeks. Well, I hope that this episode of the podcast has been helpful to you. I hope you are looking forward to all the things we're going to be talking about over the upcoming weeks and that, you know, all together you have found yourself more equipped to live like Jesus, to live like Christ, to go out and to make a difference in your community, in your work, and in your home. And so until we are together again, I simply want to say thank you for joining in on this episode of the Things That Matter Most podcast.